0: And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Canada Hoops. It's episode 6. It's your boy Maddie. Appreciate the support. I hope everyone's staying safe, staying healthy, and taking care of each other. Let's lift each other up. It's a tough time for everybody right now. Alright everyone, joining me now on Canada Hoops, he's a former Bishop Grandin Ghost here in Calgary, Northern Arizona Lumberjack an Ottawa Blackjack, a veteran of Canada basketball, Kyle Landry. How, Kyle, how are you doing today, man?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. No, we're excited to have you on, uh, to have you on, be a local guy uh, on Canada Hoops. It's, it's going to be a fun episode. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot for the invite. Uh, you know, it should be great.
1: Absolutely. And uh, that intro with those names of teams might be one of the best intros yet, man. You're a ghost <laughs> You're a ghost, a lumberjack, a blackjack. That's. I was writing that down for the intro. I thought, man, that's really cool. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I would like to ask everybody right away, Kyle, right off the hop, with the the pandemic and the, and the culture, sorry, the climate in the world. What's uh, how are things going for you and your family?
0: Uh, you know, we're hanging in there like everyone else. Uh, it's it's definitely been an adjustment. You know, we. Uh, you know, we like I'm sure like a lot of people, we had a lot of grand plans for this year, but um, you know, everything's kind of been put on hold. You know, uh we were probably about a week away, me and uh my team we were a week away from uh going to our pre Olympic qualifying tournament for three on three, our little our last training camp, and uh, you know, it, it got shut down and and everything just got put on hold and it's uh it's you know, now it's just like everybody else. We're just kind of in a waiting game
1: right and then um you're an assistant coach at ufc with the dinos too correct so you're you're contributing that way and then now that season's kind of in limbo as well correct
0: yeah yeah i've been uh i worked with them last year uh pretty much full time i just didn't go on the road trips i was there for a lot of the games and um you know just had the free coach gave me the freedom to go coach van horn gave me the freedom to go uh play the three on three when I had it and then just kind of come and go for, for coaching and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for those guys, you know, especially the fifth years. Um, if, you know, when, when they graduate and they don't get that last year to play, it's, uh, it's kind of a tough thing to do, but, um, you know, we're, we're still looking to see if there's kind of any way we can find a way to play, get some games in for them. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can, you know, kind of move forward a little bit in the new year we'll see what, uh, what happens and, you know, how these vaccines come in and how, how much they work and how, how many we can get a hold of.
1: Right. Yeah, it's tough for everyone, and I think, uh, you know, you kind of hit on it. Everyone's doing the best they can to kind of maintain and, and push forward and look to the future to hopefully have uh, something positive, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Kyle, let's uh, let's get into your passion, man, and, and your journey in the game and how, you know, basketball started for you. Did you. Did you play other sports as well, or did basketball – Kind of come grab you right away, and um, you know how did how did that love for the game start for you?
0: Uh, I you know I played everything growing up, um, you know soccer, baseball, hockey, uh, volleyball, you know pretty much any sport there was, I I gave it a shot. Um, you know I, but basketball was kind of the one I was drawn to most. Uh, my mom, she uh, when she was younger, she played for the junior national team when she was in the University of uh, Winnipeg. Cool, and uh you know she was my first coach growing up and I mean she coached me for you know almost all the way to high school even a year in high school I think she was my coach and um you know I also had an older brother who played basketball he you know redshirted a year at UFC and played a couple years at University of Manitoba and he was just another one that you know he was playing the game and you know me being the little brother who likes to annoy him I you know I just copied him and yeah he was always better than me he always beat me but it just i had that personality where i kept getting mad so i just you know i take the ball and storm home but then you know once he went inside like i go back out and i'd shoot you know for as long as i could to try and work on my game and get better and better and yeah it's just since probably about grade eight or nine like basketball just was my focus my passion everything i really put into
1: and uh you know, you started high school at uh, Bishop Grandin. We mentioned that in the intro. Um, what was the high school scene like in Calgary at the time? Uh, I know that's uh, in the Catholic uh, school board. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious what you know the high school scene was like at that time for you, uh, not only in Calgary but in the province and competition and and exposure.
0: Um, exposure, there is you know. Nothing really. Um, right. You have to you have to get that exposure over the summer, and uh, I got lucky. My my going into my grade twelve year, I played on the uh, under seventeen uh, team, Alberta provincial team. Uh, we okay. actually finished second that year, and uh, we went to a couple of tournaments in the states. Um, and uh, my coach from Northern Arizona, he saw me at a tournament in Seattle, I believe it was, and uh, you know he really liked my skill set, everything I brought to the table there. And, you know, we sent some letters and kept in touch after that. um, But as far as high school ball, when I was playing, we actually had some pretty good players, um, but it was really spread out. Like, you know, there might be one or two good players per team. And, you know, for my years in high school, like uh, when I was in grade 11, we had one other guy who played a couple years at Mount Royal when they were still ACAC. And then, my grade 12 year was a different guy who ended up playing at Montreal, Royal ACAC Steve Trinidad. So like I didn't really have anyone else that went post-secondary to play basketball. It was just, you know, pretty much me. But then, you know, there's guys like, um, at St. Mary's, they had Fidget Moses, who was, you know, a really good high school player. He went prep and then he played a little D one and then bounced around. Um, they had Brett Kobe who was, you know, he played ACAC and maybe a little U sport too. I can't remember. And then they, they also had this other, uh, rainy Knotts, who I believe he went D1, but I mean, that, those three, they're, you know, six, seven, six, nine and seven foot. I mean, for my Calgary high school, it's a tough lineup to go against. Right. And, uh, you know, at Pearson, there is, uh, Robbie Sohota who played at UFC. And then there's, um, Josh White. He was, uh, you know, he was a great player. He ended up being U sport player of the year one year. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, like how many years is it? 15 years later, I'm playing with his little brother on the three-on-three tour. So it's uh, it's nice. funny how that kind of stuff works out. But, you know, there's, there's some good players, but like I said, it was really spread out and there wasn't there wasn't really a, a powerhouse team. It was more just, you know, which player could get hot that game.
1: Got you. Um, so you mentioned Northern Arizona. So you play your years at, at Bishop Grannon, and then I know – getting exposure to the summer on provincial teams. And I know that's kind of a common theme for a lot of guys. Um, Northern Arizona was eventually where you went. Did you have other options? Like what were your offers, whether it was, you know, NCAA or U sports, like what were your, what else, what other schools were you looking at at the time?
0: Um, there's pretty much only four, four teams that our schools that I would have ended up at on Northern Arizona uh, Montana state. And they ended up, um, my old high school coach, uh, Mike Henry, or he was, he coached part-time there when I was there, but he went to Bishop Grandin before me and he ended up playing at Montana state. Okay. And he, he talked to the head coach there and, uh, they ended up taking a look at me. Um, uh, and then there is university of Calgary, obviously, which I was, you know, very close to going to. And, um, actually St. FX, I'm uh, in Tiganish. Um, There's a couple uh, teachers and coaches I had that went to St. FX, and you know they really talked up the program. And I figured I may as well go out there take a look. And you know I met Coach K, and you know it was a great he's time. A, and he's a legend. Yeah, he's he's you know a great coach, and he's a, you know even better person. I had a I had a really great time there. But uh, eventually, um, in May, I think it was in my senior year. The NCAA, they had a really strange rule. I can't even remember exactly how it worked, but um, there could be years due to transfers or guys graduate, or not graduate, but transfers or missing grades where a team wouldn't be able to fill out their scholarships. So there could be a year where a team could say have like 11 guys on scholarship instead of having the full allotment. So they ended up changing that rule um, my senior year. And because of that, I ended up getting two offers from Montana State, Northern Arizona. And um, I just, you know, I felt really comfortable at uh, Northern Arizona and, it, you know, luckily it worked out and it was, uh, it was a great choice.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was, you know, to kind of research and get ready for our conversation, I was looking at the school and uh, on their Wikipedia page, you come up as a notable player. Just, uh, you know, it ties you into the success you've had throughout your career. Yeah. Um so you were there for four years, and then in your senior year, you led the the team in in scoring and rebounding. What are your, um, you know, your best memories at Northern Arizona as you were working your way through, you know, college and and being a, a student athlete and then playing and then, um, you know, a lot of people will say that's the best time in their in their life. What do you remember most about your time at Northern Arizona?
0: Uh, just the. Um you know, the friendships I made, uh, we had, a we had a great team. Uh, probably that was, you know, the reason we were so successful during my stretch. I mean, we, we never made it to the NCAA tournament, but, um, my sophomore, junior and senior year, we made it to the conference tournament final. So, you know, three years in a row, we were a game away and, um, you know, unfortunately we just couldn't get over that hump, but, um, you know, we had, a you know, we had a lot of great players and, you know, great guys and you know i'm still in contact with a lot of them i mean just uh last year when we were playing three on three like one of them is you know my teammate from college steve sir you know we're yeah. you know as, we're, as tight as can be we talk pretty much every day um you know we had a couple we had a couple of tournaments out in china and we we swung through uh shanghai and met up with two former teammates that were out there at the time like and you know just wherever we go like when in again we went to uh, hoop it up down in uh, Spokane, and I think there's probably about five other Northern Arizona Lumberjacks there that we all got to meet up with and hang out. And it was just, it was a blast to see all those guys again. So yeah, I mean, definitely just the the group of friends that we, the friendships that I made there is just you know can't be beat.
1: No, that's cool. And uh, you mentioned Steve Sir. I mean, um, you know, he's an Edmonton guy, kind of a Alberta legend. And then uh, another Canadian went there off that two thousand uh, Olympics team. Andrew Mavis was uh, a lumberjack too. I didn't know you yeah. knew that, but
0: so, yeah, no, I I met him my uh, my freshman year. His team was getting inducted to the NAU Hall of Fame, and uh, yeah, I met him. He he was a great guy, super nice, and uh, he was definitely super excited to be inducted into the the Hall of Fame. There, he was having a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> That's cool. I actually, uh, I mean, I remember him well on that Olympic team, and I actually through my summers. Uh, playing for the Yukon and playing Nike Nationals. And then we'd always meet up, it seemed like, for three or four summers straight with the Alberta team. And then Steve and Jermaine Buckner were playing on those teams. And um, we befriended the team a lot. Those guys cheered for us. And we were small, but uh, we had one tournament we were really good. Actually, we kind of made a little noise and they were rallying for us. So I've always tried to follow Steve's career and Jermaine and, and, uh, just a solid group of guys. And, um, it's cool to see where everyone's at in their lives, both, you know, professionally and personally. So it's cool to get glimpses of that now for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So when you graduate, did you put your name into the draft? I was trying to find that out.
0: And, well, when uh, you, when you graduate, your name's automatically put in. So okay you're just in the draft and there's there's no paperwork there's only paperwork or stuff like that if you declare early so right. once once you're graduated then your game kind of just automatically goes in
1: did you have any kind of contact with any teams in the nba or any kind of workouts or you just kind of you weren't looking no, I, I
0: had i had one workout with the raptors they uh they brought me in it's more of a more of a courtesy you know at that point, there weren't a lot of Canadians coming out of D1, and or you know that had, like, like I had a really good year, being first team all conference and all that, and tournament all tournament team and that. So they they invited me up, and um, you know worked out well for them too. My my workout coincided with uh, some junior national team stuff that I did with uh, Canada that summer. So I uh, I had my couple of games with the junior national team, and then did a workout with the Raptors, which was you know. Uh, amazing experience you know i'm the only like i remember roy hibbert was there and uh nathan Jawai. like there's some big boys pretty good players yeah they're big guys so it was uh it was a lot of fun to to go through work out with those guys
1: wow that's cool i was i was looking for uh a little info on that it just said on draft and i was like wow, I, man i don't really remember kyle going into the draft but uh, <laughs> yeah. i appreciate you clearing that up so when you when you turn pro um what were your options in terms of leagues? I know you, I, you spent that first year in Poland, but what were you looking at uh, for other leagues to go, uh, go pro?
0: Well, that, that first uh, that first year was a tough one. Um, so when I graduated, I, you know, signed with my agent and uh, Justin Haynes. And one of those rare ones, I don't know how many players actually stays with their one agent the entire time, but I did. So he, he worked right. out well. We worked well together, but um he i signed a contract with a team in germany originally uh but i got on on a tryout so i they had like a two-week try tryout period with me and uh was, they card called, called nordling and they just moved up to the Bundesliga, and uh actually my coach this year from uh, the ottawa blackjacks as well he was on that team okay so i showed up and you know i was there for two weeks and uh the last day before my trial period ended, we had an exhibition game against Frankfurt. And I think I had something like 20 and 10. So, you know, I was feeling great. Like, right. definitely I made this, you know, and then like I go on the office and there's like, you know, we really don't think you're right for our team this year. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I just blind wow. Like I, I thought I had it on lock and right. But, uh, you know, um, so my agent scrambled, he ended up finding me, kind of a tryout with another team in germany cologne but uh the manage- management brought me in but the coach wanted nothing to do with me so i showed up and i was there for maybe two weeks and just didn't do anything and then we're doing some conditioning and stuff and i i pulled my groin and i don't no, my hamstring sorry i pulled my hamstring and the coach didn't even care like he didn't even notice i'm just like well this is just a debacle like I, I talked to my, uh, my agent, like I got to get out of here somehow, some way. And, um, they're, they're looking to find me a job. But in the meantime, I got to get out of the hotel that they're putting me up in, in Cologne. So I ended up again, going to Steve, sir. He, you know, he hooked me up. He was playing in Switzerland and I I hopped on a train and I spent maybe two weeks in Switzerland, two or three weeks in Switzerland with Steve. while my agents, you know, found me a job and I was practicing with his team, playing with his team, like, and all that kind of stuff. And. I know Steve was pushing for me to, for them to sign me, but, you know, they, they didn't. And, uh, they, you know, I ended up going to Poland for the year. So, I mean, um, it would have been amazing to play with Steve in Switzerland and, you know, Switzerland's an amazing country, but, and, you know, it all worked out going to Poland.
1: That's, um, I mean, right off the start of your pro career, that's a bit of a bounce around. And I, I think that's a good point you bring up because, uh, you know, anyone that I sort of talked to that, you know, goes overseas and starts to get, going on their career in Europe, that's that tends to be the situation, guys. You know, leagues don't know a lot about guys, uh, what they're, they're capable of, and guys tend to bounce around until maybe they get a, a better footing in, in a certain league and a certain team where they can get a little more stability. It just it seems to be a common theme.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the year I came out was 2008, so it's, you know, pretty similar to this year in regards to, you know, 2008 was the financial crisis where a lot of clubs were struggling and, didn't know what kind of money was coming in and you know i'm sure this year would be just a incredibly tough year to really start your professional career out in europe
1: yeah for sure um so one year in poland and then you move on to shoot where did you go you went to croatia
0: no so my i did uh played my year in poland and um we finished uh like late march and i came home for two weeks and my agent found me a job in Belgium. So I went right. to Belgium for two right. months and played for uh, Montano and um, probably, well, not probably, easily my worst stretch as a professional was out there those two months in Belgium. Um, okay. It was, uh, I think I, I just checked out, you know, that first finished that first year is really tough being out in Poland. Right. And I was just so happy to come home. But then my was like, Oh, I got you a job on a good team. You, know, you got to go. It's a great opportunity. And I'm like, all right and I got there and I was just like oh boy like just I couldn't get there mentally and uh, it's funny the the head coach at the time was uh, Chris Finch and he just uh, signed with the Raptors as the assistant coach there so right you know he's uh he's, he's done a good job for himself but yeah after that I ended up in Czech Republic for two years
1: right and then um you spent a huge stretch in Russia do you look at Russia as kind of your best years as a pro over there
0: russia was my best years as a pro best years of my life everything everything the best that stuff happened to me was in russia it was uh amazing
1: and what what are the leagues like in russia because it's it's hard to get i know it's gotten better now in terms of some of the clubs um like kevin pangos is playing there right now um you know are, are the russian teams in that in that league are they on the rise as far as as european basketball
0: yeah well i mean um SESCA is Seska Moscow like they're one of the they're the best team in Russia I think they've won every championship in Russia from 1990 till now except for two years where they they got upset um but I mean then too they also have a bunch of EuroLeague titles you know they're they're up there as the best club in Europe every year um and then but Russia overall is a pretty top heavy league um you probably got you got five Big clubs that spend a lot of money. You got Seska, you got Kimki, who plays Euroleague, uh, Zinitz, where Pangos is playing now in Euroleague. That's also the team that I played for when I was over there. Right. And then there's Unix Kazan and uh, Lokomotiv Kuban from Krasnodar. Like those five clubs have big money and, uh, you know, they always, they're always they always competitive. I know Unix, both Unix and Loco have won uh, Euro Cup within the past. Uh, probably 10 years they've won a couple times each so like it's really good competition
1: yeah and um i think you met your wife in russia correct
0: yeah i met my wife out there in moscow uh we got married when we were in saint pete's both my children were uh, born in saint petersburg so yeah that's that's why like i gotta say you know best best time of my life every which way basketball personal everything was best in russia
1: well that's cool i'm i'm, I'm happy to hear that so did does she enjoy Canada? How does she like Canada?
0: No, she loves it out here. Um, you know, we uh, she loves Calgary. You know, it's a beautiful city, and uh, there's actually a really big Russian community out here, so she's uh, she's quite comfortable.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Canada Hoops, We uh, Kyle, we try to focus on Canada basketball as a, a program, the growth of the game, the pipeline of talent we have. And I was excited to have you on because you've been a key part of some teams that really pushed the, the program forward. Uh, you helped Canada basketball qualify for the world cup in 2019 and you were playing in those qualifier windows through late 2018 and 2019. Um, you know, so I always, I always like to say thanks to guys that put that time and that commitment in and always want to put Canada on their chest. What's, um, what are your best memories of playing for Canada, Kyle? And just you know, maybe some of your favorite teammates, and just that opportunity every time to represent Canada.
0: Uh, favorite teammates is probably got to be the toughest question. Um, yeah, that's that's like I, I've said this before, but you know, like the the most amazing thing about playing with the national team is all the guys, and you know, like I've played on a wide range of teams. Like when when I first played on the the national team in 2009, right. you know, it was it was an older team, and I was one of the younger guys. And you know, there's guys like Carl English, Joel. An- well, Joel is still pretty young at that point, but you know, there's Carl, there's Jesse Young, right? And um, you know, like those guys were just amazing people. You know, me and Carl are you know still really good friends, and uh, you know, when we had the games out in St. John's. There, we we talked every day, and you know, hung awesome. out. he's a he's an awesome guy, and and then you know, just even in um, this February, you know, I was playing with the national team with our two games against Dominican, and it's just a completely different roster. And now I'm the by far the oldest guy out there, and I still just have a blast hanging out with all the guys and chatting them up. Like, it's just, uh, it's just an amazing group every time you go out there.
1: You know what? So I had Dwayne notice on two episodes ago on episode four, and when I asked Dwayne notice to give me his top five for Canada basketball and he went the route of, he just wanted guys in there that, you know, he's admired, appreciated their game, what they've done as far as a commitment to Canada basketball. You were his big man, Kyle.
0: I appreciate that. He's a, no, he's a good dude. We, uh, we were roommates on our trip to Venezuela. So awesome. We, uh, we, uh, we had a lot of time to talk together there and, uh, I was, I was out there and, uh, in uh st catherine's when he ruptured his achilles and you know i was really tough and i talked to him a little bit after and you know, i told him if you need anything that you know just let me know because you know i've been through the same thing i ruptured my achilles both five years ago and you know it's it's a a tough one to get through but you know he's he's young and he's a hard worker i'm sure he'll get through it
1: yeah i know he will and uh you know i said that to him where we know he's going to push forward and, and have big things come his way. And I just thought that was really cool that he put you in his five, just because it kind of speaks to, you know, what the program is about in terms of vets coming in, leadership, guys connecting with other players that maybe they don't know too well. And then they travel together, room together, like you said, and then they just draw on the experience that everyone has. And I just thought that was really cool. And then I was excited to, let you know about that. Cause we were getting ready for our conversation. And I just, Dwayne had a really cool five. So I, I was pretty stoked on that.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh yeah, it means a lot. You know, it's i uh, I'm glad I can have that kind of impact on guys.
1: No, that's cool. And you know, with the amount that you played for Canada Kyle and you've seen a lot of guys come through the program um, you know, when you look at the growth of the game in Canada, you know, in the, the pipeline of talent that we have, and now the expectation that we should, you know, do really well in big competitions and big tournaments. Um, you know, that must feel good to reflect and, and be able to look at that and say, yeah, I helped push the game forward and I helped grow the program. Like, do you get, do you get a chance to kind of sit back at times and look at that and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a part of this now and you've really helped push the game forward in the country.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's a pretty special experience i mean when we when i first started you know we our only nba player was joel anthony and i mean like you know he's obviously he was a great player he's won a couple championships with the heat but like you know he's just a really good role player in the nba and now you look at the guys in the nba that we have like it's you know the, the talent levels you know unbelievable and it's just, you know, every year just continues to grow. Like there seems to be someone new that's popping up that's, you know, projected to be a first rounder or, you know, even you know, like last year with Dort, you know, he went on draft and all of a sudden he gets in the playoffs and he's just, you know, one of the biggest names there is in the playoffs. Everyone's talking about him. Right. It just reflects on, on our, our program, which is amazing. And yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's definitely awesome to see the growth of the game and to be a little bit a part of it.
1: No, I mean, you are in my eyes and, uh, you know, I've tried to follow your career as much as I can, uh, you know, and I, I think everyone should be celebrated for their contribution. You know, no no team is, you know, when they hit the floor for Canada is, is too small. It's all important, uh, you know, games to me and, you know, everyone that suits up and takes that time and that commitment, um, you know, because nothing's guaranteed. You might not have a, a contract on the table maybe overseas, or if an NBA guy, uh, you know, he's a free agent, but he's still willing to play, you know, that speaks a lot of volumes to everyone's commitment level, and there's been a lot of, you know, back and forth between Canada basketball fans, whether, you know, you know, they get disappointed if certain guys don't suit up, and um, I think people lose sight of the fact that, hey, you know, players, um, you know, they have lives outside of hoops too and families and commitments and they have to do what they need to do but it's been really cool to me over the years to see the guys that have played that have come in no questions and just suited up when you know certain guys aren't available and doesn't matter and they've they've kind of done the heavy lifting and you know I know with the uh this is something I talk about a lot in the the podcast so far is like you know we're looking at the qualifying tournament in Victoria next summer about you know who may or may not be there, and you know it's so a must qualify to, you know, make Tokyo, and hopefully everything can proceed with the pandemic. But, um, I look at it like whoever's there is there, and now our talent is so deep where there's, you know, we could have quality guys playing in Europe like a Pangos or Kyle Wilcher or Edgem, Dylan Ennis, Ennis come over, and you know these are these guys are, in my opinion, NBA talent. So it's just. The growth over the last 20 years, I like to say, because I got hooked at the Sydney Olympics, has just been incredible. You know, you've been a part of that. You've represented Calgary, you know, and Alberta. So, we, you know, we, we want to thank you for that, man. We appreciate it.
0: No, no, yeah. It's, uh, it's You know, it's an honor. It's a privilege to be able to represent, you know, where I've come from. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, been a, it's been a great ride. And, you know, we do have incredible depth. It's just one of those things where you, you hope it gets, that canada basketball can get to the point with its players where we're i think the the best comparison would be australia at this moment because you look at australia where they don't really have a lot of i mean they have a couple of superstars or you know guys that are borderline superstars but whenever it's you know they're called upon they're there and um you know canada still doesn't quite have that depth that that the u.s does where you know they can just roll out a team and even them they can't roll out a team anymore you look at what happened at the, the world cup like right. we need to hopefully get guys you know every summer even if you know they can't you know play the whole summer thing come into camp and just kind of build continuity with the, the other guys on the team and the systems that we're going to run it'll go a long way to building a foundation where you know we are fighting on the podium every, you know, every Olympics against, you know, Serbia or Spain or whoever it is.
1: Right. No, it's, uh, it's exciting, man. And, you know, I think that is a good comparison. I think, you know, we just kind of get, you got to get to that situation where guys, yeah, it's just a matter of, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm playing no matter what. Right. So Kyle, I ask everybody this, who's your top five for Canada basketball of all time.
0: Oof. Wow. Um, well, I mean, Nash is the easy one. You know, he's,
1: in, he's in everybody's five.
0: Yeah, you, know, you you can't you can't yeah. argue that one. Um, who else are we gonna go?
1: And I tell everybody too, they can throw themselves in there. I always think uh, everyone should get that opportunity to that credit. So if you want to put yourself in, go for it, man.
0: I put myself sixth man, you know, I right, like, right, I, right. That, that, that's been my, my main role of the career. So I think I'll stick with the sixth man role. I like it. Uh, who else? I, you know, I think uh, coach Triano, you know, he was a nice huge impact as a player and coach in the program. You know, you can't really compete with what he's done compared with what he's done to the program. Um, Then you got to put Rowan in there, Rowan Barrett, you know, he was an amazing player. Uh, Got to got to give my boy Carl English a lot of credit. You know, if, if I didn't put him in there, I'm sure I get an earful from him later. Yeah, for sure. And, but you know, when he gets angry, that accent really kicks up. So I might only understand about half of it. But it's all right, you know. Um um right. who else who would be the fifth? That's a uh, that's a tricky one. Well, I, I think you got to go with uh, Joel. Joel Anthony. Absolutely. Go number five. You know, he he was a, he was a trooper. You know that you can't. Can't say enough good things about him. You know, we, when he was in the program, you know, we weren't, wasn't our best time, but, you know, he's the guy in the NBA, showed up every year, worked harder right. yeah. than anybody, and he's just, just a great player, great person. Just, yeah, I definitely have to put him in there.
1: Well, that's a great five, man. I love it. And, you know, I, you're the sixth man. I, I, that five's got a lot of history and a lot of, um, you know, credentials, if you will. That's, that's a great top five. Um, you mentioned the FIBA three on three. Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit before we recorded there. Uh, you know, what, what's that looking like for you guys as a group uh, moving forward here with the pandemic and, and then with the qualifying for the window, uh, the Olympics.
0: Um, well, so this year we pretty much got uh, frozen out. There's um, not much for us to do There's uh, Excuse me. There's a tournament in, um, in Hungary and end of August where just logistically testing for COVID and travel, just, it wasn't going to work. Um, and because of that, there's a tournament that actually just happened this weekend. And, um, because we didn't play in Hungary, even though, you know, we're one of the, we finished, I think eighth in the world last year, after just one year of playing, um, FIBA made up some weird criteria to pick and choose which teams they wanted in there. And we got left off, which, um, Now there's still one more tournament which is like the final, but because we haven't played all year, we won't be able to get in that one. So we're we're still just training. Um, you know, we're we're doing the best we can to stay in shape and stay prepared. We're looking for, you know, opportunities, you know, hopefully as uh things kinda clear up to maybe go for a training camp somewhere and play against some teams in Europe or but uh the Olympic qualifying tournament is tentatively set for May in Austria. So we're we're still preparing. We're looking forward to it. Um, you know, we got a tough group of uh, teams to play against, but you know, we're, uh, we're, we're working hard and we're, we're planning on being in the Olympics. That's our, that's our goal.
1: Well, that's awesome. And, you know, I know you guys are going to put forth your best effort and, uh, I can't wait to see you play in those Olympics. Who's, um, just anyone listening, let, let us know kind of who your roster would be. It'd be yourself uh steve sir
0: yeah so at this point we haven't officially been named the national team but it's one of those things where we did play in a tournament it was in uh, slovenia in january or early february where we represented we played as canada and um we're at this point the team are Main four guys are myself, uh, Jordan Jensen-White, who's also from Calgary. He played university basketball at UBC. Right. Um, Jordan Baker, who uh, is from Edmonton. He played at U of A a couple of years overseas, and he's done some national team stuff as well. He's with right. the Stingers this summer. yeah. And Steve Sir, so um, that's our main four. And then uh, Jermaine Buckner was an alternate with us last year and played some tournaments, but he's uh, playing out still professionally in Germany in Trier.
1: Right. Well, that's a. I mean, I know those guys. I I I know Steve, like I said, and then uh, followed Jordan and and uh, and Baker too there, and you know they're having great careers. So you guys got a deep team. So yeah.
0: Well, then we also we I I sorry I forgot to mention Kenny Oceano, He uh he played a couple of tournaments with us last year. And, okay. You know he's a he's a good player as well. So I mean, we you're only allowed to have carry a team of six. So like those are our six spots on the roster.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Um. You know, we mentioned your, we touched on the summer series in Niagara with the Blackjacks there, and um, I want to get your thoughts on the CEBL, Kyle. Just, you know, one thing that really stood out was how well run that league is. Um, You know, they did the summer series and kind of did uh, the start of a bubble there, and then the NBA bubble kind of went right after that. And I thought the CEBL did an excellent job um, creating that environment for you guys to play in. What's that league like? been like for you guys to be able to come home and, and play in Canada uh, against top-level competition now? And, it, you know, it's kind of the really, it's been like the strongest domestic pro league we've had in Canada. You know, the opportunity to play at home in front of, in front of friends and family for a lot of guys, you know, just touch on that league and what, what it looks like so far.
0: Um, yeah, you, you hit the nail around the head. Like, it, it is very well run and right. they've done a very good job so far. Um, you know, they've they've kept it. They haven't expanded too much yet, and um, there's still definitely room for growth. There's still some good cities I think that could handle, but um, the biggest thing for me is that they've kept it a Canadian league. They've right. made sure that there's not, like, when you look at the NBL, there's just, it's pretty much all Americans playing, and there's not really any Canadians, so right um it's really nice to see the canadians come back and they're playing and um you know this it's getting really good players i think the first year a lot of guys were kind of skeptical and really didn't know what to expect so more guys kind of sat out just to watch it and then uh when they saw how well run it was and you know that everything was being done professionally then more guys started coming back and uh i think it's great um you know i was talking with uh you know some people at the blackjack and you know my kind of what i would envision this league growing into is kind of something what they do down in puerto rico where they have their summer league and um they bring back all their players and they you know import whatever but it's you know very competitive they pay very well and it's one of those leagues where you know if you could build it up where guys are making good enough money like you can kind of stretch it a bit now guys can use this league where they can, you know, kind of be a little more picky where they go overseas or they can, you know, skip out on training camp which I know a lot of guys don't enjoy. So it's uh it's it's got a very good opportunity hopefully it continues to grow and um I think another really big thing that might be overlooked by a lot of people just kind of uh just watching the games is the fact that they do have roster spots for youth sport players. I think that's really important because um I don't think many of the players in Canada, you can even go back to like down to high school. Like I don't think a lot of players in high school, at least in Alberta, understand how big of a step up it is going to university. And, you know, same for those youth sport players. I don't think they understand how big of a jump it is to go from university to professional and what it entails and what these guys do to make sure that they're in shape and ready and prepared to play the game. It's it's just a completely different mindset than it is. Uh, at the e-sport level or NCAA level, whatever one you're coming from.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I mentioned this to Dwayne, I think on his episode, you know, it looks, it looks like a great league and, you know, I'm going to try to support it as much as I can and um, view in when it's on. And, um, you know, maybe they can expand and put a team in Calgary if the, mm-hmm. if they could market for that and have local guys play for them. And, uh, you know, I think the time is right too, right. We talked about the pipeline, depth of talent throughout Canada. Now, I think, you know, they've done a, the CBL kind of really grabbed onto that and said, okay, we have a lot of guys who are very good. You know, there's only so many guys that are going to, you know, play overseas or play, um, you know, NBA or play for Canada for that matter. But now this league looks really strong and they've jumped on it to really promote, you know, what the game is all about in Canada, our talent and really elevate it to, uh, a level where hey like you know basketball is here like canada canada basketball is here it's exciting man
0: yeah no it is it's uh it's great and uh you know i hope they continue to grow and but that's the one thing like we have a lot of talent but i i hope they don't over expand and you know dilute the talent you know you want to keep it as competitive right. as possible at this point and that's what you know makes these games so compelling is you just all the games are down to the wire
1: that's great that's great well kyle Appreciate you coming on, man. It was exciting. Uh, I was really looking forward to chatting with you, being a local guy. Appreciate you representing the the city and the province. And uh, you're still hooping, so that's really cool to see. And, you know, if you're ever looking for a men's league team, we got a spot for you. And, uh, you know, all the best to you and your family. Stay safe. And uh, you'll always be a friend of Canada Hoops, man. We appreciate you coming on.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me. It was uh, was a lot of fun to sit down and and talk basketball
1: with you. Anytime, man. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot.
1: All right, that's a wrap on another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank Kyle Landry for coming through. I want to thank you for listening. You can follow Canada Hoops at Canada Hoops Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Download us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, I'm your boy, Matty. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.